Amen. Welcome to our online campus. We're so glad you're worshiping with us today. Amen. We're believing that we're still standing. 2021 is almost here. We're still standing. Amen. You gave me courage to
we're still standing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are victorious. Thank you, God, that you call us more than overcomers. We give you praise this morning. You're so awesome, Lord. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I know knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. No, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, of Jesus and every war he wages he will win. and I'm not backing down from any giant cause I know how this story is come on sing that this morning say I know how this story is I'm gonna see a victory gonna see a victory for the battle for the battle belongs to you Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs battle belongs to you Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. We believe in oh God, all your promises. We thank you, God, that your word is true. God, we believe we're gonna see a victory in every situation. Cause you'll take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good Yes you do Lord You'll take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good You're turning it around for me You'll take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good come on just begin to prophesy that in the atmosphere that you'll take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good i'm gonna see a victory what the enemy meant for and you turn it for good come on do you believe that today no matter what you're facing he's gonna take what the enemy meant for evil, he's turning it around. 
chapter of 2020 that we are walking into victory in 2021 in Jesus name we pray amen you may be seated we are so glad that you're here in person and those that are tuning in online today we trust you all had a wonderful Christmas and this morning we are going to be declaring prophetically over this year 2021 we are beginning our new series called still standing amen we are still standing. We're excited about what God's doing. I'm just going to take just a few moments um, and be, and we're going to uh, go right on into tithes and offering this morning. I love this part of worship unto the Lord. Um, it's something that we do not begrudgingly, but uh, we do it with a cheerful heart. And so I'm going to go to Malachi um, and just share one scripture with you this morning. And um, in the scripture, it begins to tell us that, you know, we are cheerful givers that we don't give begrudgingly but we give with a cheerful heart and um, I think it's a wonderful reminder for us to of course you know, we, we, we study and learn and read the word of God to understand the principles, the biblical principles um, that are available to us. And so in, ver in chapter 3 of Malachi, verse 10, it says, bring the entire tenth to the storeroom in my temple. Then there will be plenty of food. Put me to the test, says the Lord. Then you will see that I will throw open 
the windows of heaven. Amen. I will pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room for them. I just want to just go over some of this. Again, this is the, uh, the uh, NIRV version, and I love that. It says that God will throw open. Come on, some of us feel maybe we have, we feel like we have the windows of heaven that are closed. Well, what's going to unlock those? And not just unlock them, but God's going to throw them open, is that when we understand the principle, biblical principle of giving the tenth of our income into the storehouse, into my temple. What is a storehouse? A storehouse is where that you go and spiritually get fed to a to a church to a ministry and um and so that's what that's what we believe not because oh this is something that you know this is what the word of god says and so we give a tenth of our income anything above that tenth uh that ten percent is our offerings unto the Lord. It says that there will be plenty of food. So we give so that there will, all the needs of the house will be met for others. And it says that when we do that, you know, we put God to the test and then you will see that I will throw open the windows of heaven. And I believe, you know, we don't give to get, uh, but we give because it's a principle, because it's our heart to do so. And because it keeps the windows and the blessings of the Lord flowing into our life. So I'm going to pray. We have multiple ways in which that you can give those in house. We have, you know, we have envelopes that are seated in front of you. If you choose to give that way, um, we also have available for text to give those that are tuning in online. You can text to give. You can text the word give to 833-226-2856. You can also give online at praisechurchoflouisiana.com and also through our app. Um, it's, a, it's a free app called Pray, It's Praise Church of Louisiana. And um, so let's pray. God, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing. We expect, God, what you're going to do. We thank you for a year of victory, 2020 W-O-N, 2021. We believe for victory this year. Lord, I thank you that you will open up the windows of heaven over our life. Lord, we've come to give you praise. We ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to us, would pour out your spirit upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may come and give this morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I hope everyone had a good Christmas time and season and uh, we're going to dive into the word today and I, uh, I hope to bring to you some encouragement and some hope as um, last Sunday I, I was praying in our New Orleans campus and uh, I heard the Lord say, you, you need to tell your wife to sing. I'm still standing. And, and, and after that, all that we've been through this year, after all the things that have gone on in this world, you know what? You are still standing today. Amen. And, and, and I felt like that. And so we, we said, you know, that needs to be our series. And we're ending December and we're going into a new season. But it needs to be that I'm still standing, that the God has been faithful, amen, that come on, that you still have breath in your lungs, you still have life inside of you. And, and, and I believe that the good days are on the 
another way. And so today we're going to kick off the Still Standing series, and I'm going to share with you hopefully some encouragement, uh, hopefully um, some prophetic word that you would have hope in your heart as we enter in this new season. Look, I'm telling you, I am very excited. I don't know if I've been more excited about a time spiritually than I am today because I know that the enemy has overplayed his hand, amen, and God has still cards in his hand left to play, and then he is going to um, see a turnaround as he lays down those cards, and he's going to remove the plans of the enemy, and that the people of God are going to prosper, and I'm just telling you, start to look in the months of March, April, May, there's going to be blessing upon blessing to come coming to your house as we enter into what the, the prophets have called the decade of difference, and we have just finished the first year, but this has really just been a year. You see, when Israel came out of Egypt, come on, they, God was bringing him to the promised land, but on day one, they wasn't in the place of promise. Come on. They had to go through the wilderness. They had to cross the Red Sea. Then they had to go into the land and they had to take on the giants. And and even as I'm speaking, you know, there was a word given by an intercessor this week that God says it's giant season. Amen. What does that mean? That means I'm going into my place of promotion. I'm going into my place of promise, but there's going to be giants in it. But uh, God is looking for Joshua's and Caleb's to rise up and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what stands before us. What God has promised us is ours amen and we are going to take out the giants one by one not only did david take out goliath but he was ready to take on all his brothers and god is looking for giant slayers in this season if you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to start in verse 1. You know, I, I love the Christmas season. You know, it's really the only thing that the Rasmussen household really decorates for. We put a little thing out for fall. I don't even think we put anything out for Easter. Uh, and uh, I love Christmas and the anticipation and, and, and the lights, come on, and, and the food. And, and, and the hot cocoa and, and, and seeing the joy upon people and, and the opening of the gifts and, and the gathering of people. And, and I love the Christmas season. But sadly, after Christmas Day, many people that had joy the day before go back into a place of sorrow. You could be joyful on Christmas, but on December 26, many people have already lost Come on, lost the feel, the joy, the love, the compassion of Christmas. And, and, and I want to read to you, I'm going to spend a couple minutes in Isaiah in chapter 9. We're going to go to Matthew 2 and 3, and then we're going to wrap up. But God says in Isaiah 9 and verse 1, he says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. I'm telling you, there's coming a day that the gloom and doom season is going to lead this world. And I believe that we're going to see, there's all, well, let me clarify that, there's always going to be hardship. But the, the, the gloom, the, 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 the depressing darkness that rests upon people, I believe that God is going to use the church to lift that off of people. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of the Pali, but he in the future, he will honor the Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Beyond the Jordan. They went through the river of Jordan to cross into the promised land. So God's saying, you know, I am going to honor these people, the Gentiles. Come on, beyond the Jordan, after the crossing over. He says, 
the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and those in the land of the uh, deep darkness. But a light has dawned, amen, and you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. I'm going to tell you what God's plans for us is to enlarge this nation. Come on, that there would be uh, increased joy not only in this nation, but he's talking uh, biblically about his people. Come on, God's plan is to enlarge your tents, amen, and to increase joy. And he says there will be, they will rejoice before you, rejoice at the harvest as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. Come on, there is a yoke on people, but I'm telling you what, God is going to use this church to break the yoke off of people's backs because it's time for people to be free. Amen. He says, the bar across the shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. If you're oppressed, you know what, you need to get into a biblical preaching church amen come on you need to be around some believers and you need to allow the lord jesus christ himself through the power of the holy spirit to remove that yoke because jesus says take upon my yoke for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and it, i love this it said every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for their burning there will be fuel for fire why are they burning their military equipment because there's no more wars to fight. You see, I believe the people of God have been fighting. In our nation, we have been in the longest war in history. We've been fighting since 9-11. And we have been in constant war. And, you know, at, at, since I was 20-something years old, this nation has been in conflict. Many people, even these, I think about the ones that are 18, 19, 20 years old, that, that they were born into a season of war upon the nation since 9-11, 2001. And, and, and we have been in war for a long time, not only in a physical war, but we have been in a spiritual war. But I believe that there is a transition that is happening because you cannot stay in war forever. And God is going to use his power, his might, and his spirit. Come on, I'm telling you, he is flipping the script that we have been in battles and many have gotten weary and some have been in casualties because of battles, but God is going to flip the script, amen, and that there is the season of war will come to an end. And those weapons that you use for battle will now become weapons that you will use for harvest. And he says for this, for us, for, to us, to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it, holding it up with justice and righteousness. With justice and righteousness. See, there's been a cry for justice, but I believe that we're coming today. Not only will there be a cry for justice, but there will be a cry for justice with righteousness. Amen. And, and, and I believe that from now, that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. You know, this past Monday... There was the Christmas star where, um, you know, it was so cool. You know, it was a little cloudy, so it was hard to see, and people were all getting all upset. And I'm like, but that, you're not in Bethlehem. 
because I saw pictures of the star in Bethlehem, and it was much brighter, much bigger. We're in the Western Hemisphere, and I said, you're not in, you know, I was thinking, you're not in Bethlehem, and two, it's cloudy. But you could still see the brightness of this star, and I thought to myself, you know, we were having Christmas with my mother at that time, and I said, you know what, we've got to stop, because here is something you will never see again in your lifetime. It's been 800 years since this star appeared, and, and, and this star, I believe it is a sign of the Lord, and the Christmas star was really the Saturn and Jupiter, come on, merging together to create a superstar, and it happened at the time of the birth of Christ, and then it also happened again, I think, a few years later as he was a young child, and, 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 and I started to look, okay, God, what does this mean? What does this mean? Well, Saturn means Sabbath, which means rest, and Jupiter and the Hebrew means justice. And I believe that it's a sign. Come on, I don't think anything happens um, by accident. Come on, God created the heavens and the earth. Come on, he created the universe. The stars are at his command. And I believe that it's a sign to the people. Come on, he said that he would do signs and wonders in the heavens. And I believe that it is a sign to the people of the earth that you need to rest in his justice. Amen. Come on, that he is calling his people into a season of rest because the justice, come on, and the righteousness of God Almighty is going to take over. And you know what? You don't have to fight. Come on, the battle is the Lord's. Amen. Come on. I love that scripture in Proverbs. It says that, you know, that horses are made for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. That, you know what that means? You could be a thorough breed. Come on. You could be the best of the best of the best, but it's fruitile because the Lord God Almighty is the one who gives victory. Come on. By, from a physical standpoint, Goliath was so much bigger. He was so much stronger. And the word of God says that Goliath was in the army since David was a boy before even he was even born. And yet David's just his child. But he understood that victory didn't rest in his own strength. But he understood that victory rested with the Lord God Almighty. And out of that place, he took a stone, a really improbable hit, and he slayed the giant right there on the battlefield and not only did he knock him down he took his own sword come on his own devices that were coming against the people was used to end his life and i believe that that god is setting up the enemy that the devices and the traps they have let to plan wickedness and evil in the land come on just as jezebel had planned wickedness and evil but there was one name elijah said gather your prophets and the god who answers by fire let him be god and that day 800 prophets false prophets come on people People that were speaking negative propaganda, people that were speaking uh, the plans of Satan in the nation, people that were speaking uh, with false and twisted tongues, they were all taken out at that point by one man. And I believe that our God is about to answer some things by fire. Amen. And that God is telling his people that you need to have peace. You need to rest in my plan and my justice. If if you get nervous about things in life, go read Psalms 90, uh, excuse me, Psalms chapter 2. It says the Lord laughs. It says the rulers of the earth scoffle, but the Lord laughs. Because no man, even Nebuchadnezzar, claimed to be God. No man can stand before God. So let's just read it in uh, Matthew chapter 2. As Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of uh, King Herod, the Magi or the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, 
Where is the one who has been born king of Jews? We saw his star. Amen. Come on. We saw his star. His star was shining six days ago in this earth. Come on. We saw his star. And when it rose, we came to worship him. And when Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Come on. Kings are disturbed when they have evil in their heart. And God starts to move. Amen. He was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together the, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem and Judah, they replied, for this was what the prophet has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, no are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Listen, out of this star and the promise, come on, of Jupiter and Saturn coming to locate the place of the birth of Christ that was spoken about Isaiah in detail about his execution 753 years before it ever happened. I'm telling you that God is precise in his, when true prophecy is given, God is precise. Come on to the times and the dates. And I believe that this star, this is a turning point in our world, that something that happened 800 years ago repeated itself this time from 1621 to 2020. Uh, 2020 and I believe that it says that out of this comes a ruler and it was a it was the sign of Christ coming into the earth but I believe that this is a sign of rulership of God coming upon the earth as we enter in um, to this decade of difference and the decade of the outpouring of God and the spirit of God and I believe that God is going to shock some people I believe that God is going to change some things. I believe that there is going to be prosperity come the people's doorsteps that would never happen. But not only financial prosperity. I'm talking about spiritual prosperity. Amen. And I'm talking about uh, spiritual uh, and, and physical health to people. And I believe that God's hand is going to move. And I believe that there are family members that you never thought would come to church. God is going to visit them in the midnight hour. And he's going to pull on their heart. And he's going to cause them to come back to him. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Because I'm about to give you a word. Everybody wants a prophetic word. I'm about to give you a prophetic word. Matthew 3. In the days, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And yet you find the family member of Jesus Christ preaching in the wilderness. <laughs> he wasn't in Jerusalem where the temple was. He wasn't in the place of the high priest. He wasn't even in involved in the religious order today, but he is in the wilderness preaching. Why is he in the wilderness? Because there was no place for him inside of the city. There was no place for him currently in the priesthood. There was no place for him in a synagogue. Yet he was the one that God chose to come and prepare the way for the Lord. And he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of the one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. 
priests have garments. They have an ephod. Come on. They have the stones of the 12 tribes of Jerusalem on them. They have bells. They have garments. They have priestly garments. And yet John's clothes were made of camel's hair. And he had a leather belt around his waist. And he didn't even really eat normal food. He said his food was locusts and wild honey. I don't know, but I don't want to be. I like honey, but I don't want to be on a locust diet. I mean, that just kind of sounds sick. But I guess in the wilderness, locusts can be very plentiful, you know. Uh, so, you know, so here's this picture. And I'm going to spend a few moments on this. And I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Lord has been saying to me for quite some time. John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus Christ is one called by the Lord to prepare the way for the Christ to come into the earth so that people can receive salvation, and yet he's not even in the holy city of Jerusalem. Come on. He's not part of the priesthood. He's not part of the Sanhedrin. He's not part of any of the religious order of the day. He's out in the wilderness, not in priestly garments, but camel's clothes, eating locusts and wild honey. But it says, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins, and they were being baptized him in the Jordan River. But when, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him, baptizing him, he said, you brood of vipers. Why? He was against the religious order because the religious order no longer was about God. You know, they took the Ten Commandments and they made them over to 600 commandments. And that's why Paul said it's to me and the other believers that if you do these things, then you will do well. Because there had to be a correction because what God had established for Israel, man now put his hands on it and he multiplied it. And when it became the Sabbath was made, for man uh, to have rest, come on, to have communion with God. But even when Christ was healing on the Sabbath, the church was mad at him. Come on. And I believe that we're seeing that in society today, that the church um, has been manipulated by man. And it's about programs and stadium seating and all of this stuff. And it's about the show. But I'm telling you, there are churches right now, there are ministers right now that God has hidden like John the Baptist. And they're going to come out of nowhere. And you're going to say, where has this person been? Because there is a changing of the guard right now in the church because some people, unfortunately, have put their hands all over God's plan and they made a system of religious order and it has become a heavy burden upon the people. He says, when you saw them... The Pharisees and Sadducees came to him where he would baptize, and he said, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? It says, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Come on, if we don't have repentance in our life, how can we produce healthy fruit? We must live a life of repentance, because I don't know about you, but me, I may be a man that loves Jesus with all my heart, but there's time when I need the grace of God. Come on. There's times when I make mistakes, and, and I probably make more mistakes than I do more things good, but that's just the love of God upon my life. Amen. That he says, it's okay, son. I've come to remove this from you. It's because you don't recognize that it's your power or your strength and your righteous deeds. Come on. Our righteous deeds are nothing but filthy rags. Amen. But it's the Lord God Almighty. Amen. That is um, that, that through repentance that 
calls us is to have holiness in our life and fruit. Amen. And he said, do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as a father. Come on. I, I love this because some people feel like, well, I wasn't born into the ministry. I wasn't born in this pedigree. God is not looking for pedigrees. He's looking for open hearts. Amen. And, and he says, we have Abraham as a father. And I tell you out of these stones, he says, I tell you out of these stones that God can raise up the children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. God can create a generational line out of stones. As a matter of fact, the word of God says that even if the rocks cry out, come on, if we don't cry out, the, the earth is crying out. The earth has a voice, amen? Even, even you could go back into Genesis and when Abel's blood was dripping on the ground and innocent blood was shed, come on, the, vo the earth is crying out and I'm telling you, there has been blood shed. Uh, there has been lots of innocent blood shed, come on, and it is crying out. But I believe that God is going to use the church. He has ministers and prophets and apostles, evangelists and teachers he has business leaders and uh, I'm going to tell you, there are business prophets, amen, come on, that can see things into the realm of the business world, just like the tribe of Zebulun God used to bring finances. It's a very interesting thing, and I don't have a lot of time to get into this in today, but I want to challenge you, if you want to know about finances and stuff, study the tribe of Zebulun. And, and Zebulun made a pact. We always talk about Issachar, the Issachar anointing. They had the, they had the knowledge and the wisdom to determine, determine the signs and the seasons of the earth but let me tell you something zebulun had the money and they owned the trade and they owned the ships and so zebulun made a pact with issachar and basically said we will take care of the money you take care of the wisdom and they joined together so that finance come on and spiritual wisdom work together and i believe that we're going to see an emergence of that because there are financial prophets come on that can see uh things and see where future things are why because the kingdom takes money but also not only does it take money to fund the kingdom god don't want his people to be broken disgusted come on jesus's garments Let's just, let me just talk a little bit about that. You know, we have to have a mind of prosperity. Jesus' garments were... So, Romans, let me say, Romans don't care anything about Jews. They were ruling them. The Jewish people were slaves to them. They don't... They, they're not monotheistic. Come on, they have multiple gods. They didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God, except maybe the one that stabbed them in a few encounters of the other ones that he had with the Roman centurion. And then Pontius Pilate, he, he said, man, he encountered truth, and he's like, what is truth? But for the most part, they didn't care about the Jews, and yet Jesus is dead, and to, him, there he is a, to them he is a dirty dog. But they are casting lots, quote-unquote, gambling for his garments. Why? Because it was so valuable. It was seamless. It was so expensive of the day. Come on, it was the Gucci suit or whatever, the top Prada, whatever you want to call top clothing line that you like of the day. And this is what the Messiah wore. And so we need to get in our mind that God doesn't want us just graveling for things. Come on, he wants his people to be blessed, amen. Come on, he wants his people to be overcomers. And I say it in my household all the time and tell Bo, come on, you are the head and you are not the tail. Come on, I'm blessed in my coming, I'm blessed in my going. It doesn't matter where I put my feet. We have the blessing of Abraham. And when Abraham and Lot were together, he said, well, if you go this way, I'll go that way. If you go that way, I'll go this way. You know what that tells me? No matter where I put 
put my feet, amen, God is going to cause me to turn around and prosper in that situation. Why? Because it is the blessing. Come on. It is not the territory. It is the blessing and the territory or the position that I'm in has to align with the calling of God upon my life. And so I cause the ground. Come on. Wherever I go, it could be a barren, uh, barren desert. I will cause the ground to produce fruit where it hasn't produced before. Why? Not because of me, because of a spiritual blessing that has been imparted upon me through our father Abraham, through the son of Jesus Christ. And, and, and now that carries out through the generations to come. But I don't think as a church we really understand that, but that is who you are. And he says, I will baptize you with water for repentance. I'm just going to be real with you. I was sprinkled as a child in the Methodist church, but at 22 years old in November of 2002, I was baptized as a college kid uh, in, a, in a water baptism. Why? Because I came to Christ that year, and it doesn't matter if you were sprinkled as a child. I'm just going to encourage you as a pastor, if you've not been water baptized and you have rededicated your life or come to God, you need to get water baptized. There, It is an order and a precedence of the things of God. And I'm going to tell you what, as a pastor, my favorite thing and most humbling thing to ever do is to baptize somebody. You know why? Because I'm standing in water with a living epistle or a story of God and what God has done. And I think to myself, how can me of a man who have, you know, had failures, have had, you know, um, mistakes in my life that, you know, and, and just being human, you know, just being human. How can an imperfect human like me stand and, and baptize someone where God has changed? And as they go under that water, it's just it's just a very powerful thing. I don't know, but it's the most humbling thing to me that I would even be a vessel to put someone under the water. And, and so I take great honor in that. Um, he says, but you need to be baptized with water because after me comes the one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Amen. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. And he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn. Come on, we want to be wheat. Come on, we want to be gathered into the barn of God, amen, he said, and he will burn up the chaff, come on, the, the tares, the things that have grown amongst the wheat that have caused pain, come on, the things that have caused their own plans to prosper, the things that have called the, uh, the anti-God, come on, he is going to burn them up with an unquenchable fire. And as I get ready to close, I'm going to go to, just to give you a moment, John chapter 12. But listen. We are living in the days of grace. And I'm going to tell you, what is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor, the unearned favor to do the will of God. But grace is also the love and patience of God so that unholy men and women will turn back to him. You see, the Lord tarries so that others can come into the kingdom. Amen? 
Come on. He talks about the, the, the workers and he's sent out to the field and the one that came out and worked just a few hours, and I'm paraphrasing the story, got the same reward of the one that has been there and they were upset. He said, don't you understand? You've been with me this whole time, but there has been family members that were away and they need to get based essentially the same wage, the same pay. And I'm going to tell you that God has, in his mercy, has, he has withheld his return so that people who are out of the family that could be part of the family can come in amen and, and as a christian that's where our focus needs to be who he went he who wins souls is wise amen you want to be wise we need to go after the loss and we need to go after them with a passion uh and, and a pursuit like we've never had before we must understand that god will always have a word for his church that god will always have a plan for your life that god will always have provision and breakthrough for you but we have to come out of the place of what is for me why do i come to sunday i come to sunday morning to give out come on not to receive i receive in the week but i come on the weekends come on i come during the midweek to give out and we must start to give out to a hurt and dying world just as we wrap up i want to share this with you in john chapter 12 verse 13 i'm going to read this scripture i'm going to talk about it for a minute and then we're going to pray and brother herman's going to come deliver communion for us this morning so if you have um communion or if you have you know juice crackers waters whatever you may have you can get that ready but in verse chapter uh john 12 verse 13 and this is palm sunday but i want to talk about hosanna for a minute see a lot of times we have a hallelujah which is a praise which is a shout you know god hallelujah but sometimes we need a Hosanna. And Hosanna is, is a special praise. It's a special request. It's saying, God, do something now. Help now. And see, when Palm Sunday, when Jesus was coming down on the, on the colt or the young donkey, he says they took out palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And I believe right now that God wants his church to start saying, Hosanna, come on, Hosanna in the highest, what it means, help now. God, that you would help now. Father, that you would move upon this earth, Lord. Father, I thank you. I'm just going to wrap up in prayer as Herman comes in a minute. Father, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord God. That we can say, Hosanna, Lord. Father, that you would come. Father, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Father, I just plead Hosanna upon your church. Hosanna upon this world, our families, Lord God. Father, that you would send help now, Lord God. Father, that you would turn things around, Lord God. Father, that you would cause um, uh, things that have been set up against your people, that they would be captured, just as Haman. Haman planned and he plotted that he would take out Israel, Lord God, that he would take out your church in the presence of the day. But his plan was uh, uncovered, Lord God. And not only him, but his children and his generation line was put on the gallows, Lord God. And, and I know that may sound a little violent, but sometimes, come on, the church, we got to learn how to push back a little bit. We've got to learn how to fight. Come on. we got to learn how to stand our ground. We have to learn how to go into the place where the giants are and slay them. Why? Not because we're merciless. Why? Because we have a promise and a place, and God has a place for his children and his people. Amen. And, and it is time for the church to start to declare Hosanna. It is time for us to go into the land and fight the giants. It is time for us to loosen the yoke off of people's backs it is time for us to see in a greater level 
I pray that God would visit every person. I pray that God would visit people. Uh, I pray that there would be financial abundance upon people's lives. Why? So that people can see a demonstration, come on, of His power. Amen. Come on. It's not, you, you, you go and, you know, Beth and I drive in some of the most expensive neighborhoods in our region. And we do it for one thing. I don't do it because I'm like, oh, look at them. They set something up against the system. They robbed some, somebody somewhere. They took something from somebody. They stole something from somebody. No. We drive in there for inspiration. Hey, I wonder what they do. I wonder what they invented. I wonder what type of business they have. See, this is a very different spirit. Some people, they look at someone's wealth and, and accomplishments and, and anointing upon their life, and they think they just ripped the system off to get to that place. And then there's others that, that God is using to inspire, and, and, and they look and they say, no, I don't think they ripped the system off. What I think is they have insight into something I have not yet touched. And I'm telling you, if you want to go into the place that God has for you, Come when you need some Joshua's, you need some Caleb's. You need some people that will inspire you to change. Well, I hope you have a wonderful holiday as we enter into 2020, W-O-N. Listen, this is, this is a word publicly with multiple prophets and ministries, 2021, amen. The church is going to win. God has already written the end of the story before he began this whole thing. And so God bless you. We love you. We'll see you uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Brother Herman's going to come right now and minister to communion to you. And uh, you be blessed. Come on, Herman. Good morning. Man, Joshua. That was powerful. That's one of the best sermons I've ever heard you preach, brother. I'm going to be honest with you. That was amazing. Let's think about what he talked about for a second there. He talked about the blessing of our Heavenly Father in heaven, in your life so much, that no matter where you go or what you do, the ground that you walk on has to produce fruit. That means... 2020, the year that is coming to an end, that we can all agree we need to celebrate that it's coming to an end. Amen? 2020 is coming to an end. No matter where your foot stepped in 2020, the ground that you walked on has to produce fruit. That is so powerful. That is the power of God inside of your life. So I want you to get together, prepare your cracker, and your juice this morning as a, rep as a representation of, of God's body. And as his blood, as we prepare communion, and we know we took communion last week during Christmas, and we want to take it this week because we want to go into 2021. And the word that keeps coming to mind for me is we want to go into it as whole. We want to go into 2021 prepared for what God has for us in 2021. Because no matter what happened to you in 2020, it was just God stirring you up, getting you ready to shake you up. Because he's about to bless you even more in 2021. He's about to do even more profound things in your life in 2021. And he's about to get you ready for some miraculous. He's about to get you ready for something profound. He's about to get you ready to make a change, not only in your life, but in everybody's life that you come in contact with. 
That's what he's about to do in your life in 2021. So we want to definitely go into 2021 whole. So we want to take some communion real quick. And we just want to pray with you. And we want to thank you for sticking with us in 2020. This is the last week of services for us. We hope that you can definitely, that you got something out of all of our online uh, messages and sermons that we've been having together. Whether you were in the congregation or you were joining us on our online uh, congregation. But as we move into 2021, let's go into it whole. Let's go into it with peace. Let's go into it with resolve. Let's go into it open, as Josh was talking about, ready to take on what God has for our life, ready to be responsible, right? Because this week is very, very special. Because this week, you get to decide how you're going to end this year and what your testimony is going to be going into next year. Not about how terrible this year was. No one wants to hear that. What is your testimony going to be? Because that's what everybody's going to ask you going into 2021. What are you looking forward to? What, is, what, what did you learn this year? What is your testimony going to be going into next year? This week, you get to decide that right now. You get an entire week to reflect back on, on a year. What is your testimony going to be going into 2021? That's what people want to hear. That's what we need to reflect on. And that's what we need to use that's going to define us going forward. So let's get your cracker ready and let's get your juice ready. And let's take a second and let's just pray. As we prepare the cracker and the juice, we just want to thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for just being the gracious God that we love so much. Everything that you've done for us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, right now, Lord, to send your Holy Spirit to give us that peace, that wisdom, and that resolve, Lord, as we need every single day of our life to move forward, Lord, into a new year. We ask you, Lord, right now, and we thank you to sending your son Jesus to dine on the cross for our sins, Lord. His body was broken and his blood was shed, Lord, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could have everlasting life, Lord, and that we could one day sit next to you in heaven as as your bible says as what was intended lord for the children of god for the descendants of abraham and moses and isaac and jacob lord as was intended lord let's go ahead let's prepare the broken body and let's go ahead and partake of the bread the body was broken so that we could be whole the blood was shed so that all of our sins could be washed away so that we can now enter into his gates completely completely free of all sin of all condemnation of every worldly wickedness that is of our human nature that's what the blood was shed for so let's go ahead and let's partake of the blood And then we'll pray. Mm. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, as we just took a communion, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the sense of wholeness, ending this year 2020, entering into the year 2021, Lord, as one in Christ, as a descendant of the kingdom of God, 
moving forward into a new year, Lord, speaking promises to every step that we take so that the land that we walk on has to produce fruit, Lord. It's going to be an absolutely wonderful year. Everything that you just had us go through, Lord, was a learning experience. It was a stepping stool moving us towards, Lord, a path, Lord, that you have us on. Every situation, every relationship, every interaction, Lord, we ask you to send your your Holy Spirit, Lord, to intercept. We ask him to intercede, Lord, on those situations, Lord, so that we can be one with the Holy Spirit and we can speak not only, Lord, <clears throat> holy and, and, and of one, but we, we can be uh, uh, an example of Jesus Christ in absolutely everything that we do, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being there for us in everything that we do, Lord. I pray for each and every person, Lord, that is home right now, Lord, no matter what you're dealing with, whether it's a financial a financial issue or situation, Lord, it's a physical, you need a physical healing, Lord, or it's a spiritual break you that are in your world right now, that you ask, Lord, that you intercede with them, Lord, and you speak directly to their needs, Lord, so that moving into 2021, Lord, they can come to into the new year, Lord, with a testimony. That testimony, Lord, is what we're going to use, Lord, to grow your kingdom, to expand the spirits, Lord, that people need. And we pray, Lord, that as you continue to work on the hearts of people, Lord, and the hearts of churches and everything that all the churches, Lord, and our entire community are being faced with, right, Lord, 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 you send people back into the churches so that we can continue, Lord, to build our army of God. And you can continue, Lord, to we can we can once again be have strength in numbers, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that that's going to be our testimony moving into it as a church, Lord, that we get we again to grow in our in our congregation, Lord, that we can have substance as a congregation. We thank you for all of these things, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. We thank you so much for joining us this morning online. We thank you for joining us here in church, Lord, and have a wonderful, wonderful week in this year out with a bang. Reflect on your testimony. Know what you're going to say when people ask you, what did God do in your life in 2020? Be prepared to answer that question. Because that's really what, whatever you speak, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to come into fruition. We pray for you. We thank you so much. And God bless you. Have a wonderful day.